from the Oklahoma Studios. This is another edition of the Oklahoma Varsity Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Jordan, here today with my co-hosts, Nick Sardis and James D. Jackson. Guys, another day, another podcast. How's it going? Pretty good. Going good. It's, uh, I think today, it's, it's, we're recording on Thursday. It's 27th February. I was kind of looking at the calendar. I think today is like the unofficial halfway point of the Winter State Championships. Uh, we already have dual state wrestling and swimming completed. Uh, state wrestling starts tomorrow at the Big House uh, over at State Fair Arena. And then you also have basketball playoffs throughout the entire state. A bunch of games are actually going right now. It's 310 as we're recording. You have a bunch of games going on right now across the uh, across the region. Um, I saw one halftime score was 55 to 6. Ugh. And this is this is that was a class B <laughs> second round game. So or they're in, or sorry. That was a class 2A like uh, regional game. So a little bit a uh, little bit lopsided, but that's what you get just a little bit, just a little in the, bit in the playoffs. Um we're going to have a, kind of a shorter show today. We're going to talk a little bit about the state swim meet last week. Um, we're recording a little bit later in the week, uh, but we still want to go back and kind of hit on some things that Nick saw up at Jinx last week. Uh, then we'll talk a little bit about the wrestling tournament tomorrow. There's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a more packed on the floor tomorrow with uh, 10 mats instead of just eight. We'll get to that a little bit more. Then we'll talk a little bit of basketball and keep it kind of short and sweet today. So looking at swimming last week, um, I think all the normal teams that kind of were expected, like the heavyweights all won, but – were there and there were a few state records that were broken. What were some of the swimmers or teams that really stood out to you the most? Uh, the two swimmers that stand out: Norman Norths, Aiden Hayes, and Daniel Wilson. Uh, they both, uh, Aiden Hayes broke one record, state record, and Daniel Wilson broke two. So I would say those two um, out of the boys in six A kind of stood out the most. Jinx won as a team. Uh, on the girls' side, home pool advantage. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Carl Albert <laughs> girls team, uh, they they won their second straight state title. And um, they did not have one swimmer place above fifth place, but they still accumulated enough team points to, to get the victory. So that was the only local team that that won last week. This is a random question. I don't know if you remember the answer. Does, in swimming, do relays count for more points than individual uh, individual events? Do you remember? Because in track, that's how it is. Like, relays are worth 20 points, but individual events are only worth 10. Nah, I think they're all the same. Okay. So I'd say so maybe they did really roll in relays, but to not have anyone finish above fifth and still win, that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> that's it really just crazy. Is. Um, but, no, how was, uh, how was the event up there, everything? What's, what's it like being inside of a It was my first hot swim meet. <laughs> it was my first swim meet. I had never been to one before, so I didn't really know what to expect, but – um, it was kind of, I mean, it, it was, it was pretty exciting, especially the 6A, uh, when the boys were competing just because, I mean, they just kept breaking records. It was just really exciting. So, um, so yeah. You know, I feel, I, I, I only covered the prelims last year and there were a couple broken records during the prelims, but I feel like this year, like reading all of your stories and seeing your tweets, like you just kept tweeting about all these different records and stuff. It seemed like there was a. I don't want to say abnormal amount of records, but it seems like there were a bunch of kids breaking records. Yeah, and there is something interesting about how they keep track of records. What's they that? only keep track of them at state meets. Yep, so same if, with track. Yeah, so if they you know do something in the season, that doesn't count, basically. I guess because it's not official or what. I, I'm not really sure why they do it that way. That's one of the main reasons, like official timing. Yeah, so so you have to do it at at that state meet so yep same with track okay is there wh- why why do that that sounds goofy to me well the biggest thing is when you're going off a time sport you usually don't have electronic timing at anywhere else but the state meet 
Jinx and Edmund both have electronic timers, obviously. They have, like, the official Olympic stuff, like when you touch the wall, boom, you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and at track, you they set up electronic timing everywhere, at all where all the state meets are. So it's automatic split second right away. You know what they got. Everywhere else, like most regular season meets, even the ones that, like, Edmund and stuff where they can use that technology, it's mostly hand-timed. Mm-hmm. Now, not as much swimming as it is track, but that's why it's just you get more official times at, at the state meet. I'm sure that there's been plenty of people who've broken records. Like, like I'm sure yeah. that there's been people who break records all the time, yeah. but they don't count. Yeah. So you can have an unofficial record, and that's happened all the time because I found that out in track last year. But, yeah, I I, I think that's a uh, it's interesting. It'd that's be unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Especially Maybe. like if you were a pitcher and you pitched a perfect game, you, it didn't count because it well, it's not every sport. <laughs> it's not every. Well, sport. I understand. I understand. Yeah. I'm just trying to give an analogy here. That would be. <laughs> if you pitched a perfect game, and, ah, sorry. It doesn't count. <laughs> put it in the state tournament against the other best teams in the state. Sorry. Um, but, no, as so as you can tell, it was a crazy weekend in swimming. Uh, oh, also, let me uh, – Heritage Hall had some pretty impressive performances as well. Uh, on the boys' side, Owen Flynn won two events. He was he was very impressive. He I talked to him afterwards, and he said he was very nervous. He said he threw up twice. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> twice what you? threw up twice. Yeah, he threw up at the hotel and then he threw up again, like at the meet itself. Just shedding some pounds. <laughs> and uh, but I mean, he won both of his events and he did extremely well. And two, uh, uh, great. You covered her sister, Gracie actually. Shepherd. Yep. Yes, you covered her sister. She was a star tennis player, I believe, and uh, just a sophomore. But she won two events as well. So kind of wanted to give them a shout out. Yeah, and I mean, kind of like you said that it, it's it was incredible just how many records were broken i think I, did owen break any because i know gracie broke one i don't believe he did no. uh, but just like the amount of records of that were broken around here not just from everybody but even local kids is just astounding mm-hmm. so i want to say congrats to all of them but uh kind of moving kind of let moving toward uh wrestling this week and obviously tomorrow kicks off a really <laughs> big day state fair arena i believe it's 9 30 is when the wrestling gets underway those are just the quarterfinal matches semifinals are uh, tomorrow night, those start at 5.30, and then at 6 o'clock on Saturday, you have the finals. Um, a new wrinkle to wrestling this year. Instead of eight mats, there's going to be ten on those two extra ones. You're going to have the first girls' state championship. It's not an official OSSA championship because it's not a sanctioned sport, but you're going to have the first girls' Oklahoma wrestling championship in state history. So there's going to be some record made. There's going to be some records broken tomorrow, set tomorrow, made tomorrow. Um, so that's a really cool deal for the state. Um, Jenny Carlson and I had a had a preview story on that uh, coming out today in today's Oklahoma. And also, you can catch all the coverage at Oklahoma.com. And if you missed any of the swimming coverage, you got to go back to Oklahoma.com too, and you can read uh, you can read Nick's uh, stories that he wrote from up in Jinx. Um, but this weekend too, I know you guys will both be out there Saturday night. Um, Nick will be out there tomorrow. Uh, we also have a couple kids who are going for their four-time state champs. We had two who got it last year: Zane Coleman at Choctaw and Zach Marcuselli up at Broken Arrow. Uh, the two this year, uh, I'll let Nick talk about one of them who's doing it real quick. One of them is Caleb Tanner up at Collinsville. He's signed with OU. And the other one is a kid from old uh, can't, old Stevens County down in southwest Oklahoma. Comanche. Old Comanche. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I forgot the county name. I remember what t- I remember what school he was from, but I, was, I wanted to say the county. But uh, Connor Doucette, uh, what can you tell yes. us about him? Uh, signed to Oklahoma State, uh, competes as a 220-pounder. And he's going to be going for his fourth straight state title. He's, uh, he's, I mean, he's he's amazing. He really is. And uh, his dad was a state champ at Comanche, uh, Benji Doucette. And their coach, uh, Jason Miller, he actually uh, wrestled with his dad back in the day, back in the 90s. So, uh, yeah, Doucette 
one of the best in the state, and um, it's going to be exciting to see him for sure. Comanche as a team is pretty good too, aren't they? They won at Dual State, yes. So did you, did you get to see Connor wrestle up there? He, he actually in the finals uh, won by forfeit actually. Oh well, that kind of boring. yeah. It was it was a little anticlimactic. It was, <laughs> it was really uh, I was excited to see it. <laughs> Never happened, but yeah, <laughs> it'd have been yeah, it'd have been interesting to at least get to watch him. But yeah, he just kind of stands out there, gets his hand held up, and walks off with the title. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations! That's crazy. You didn't do anything. Um, but no, it's uh, so no. There's there's a bunch of stuff going on at state wrestling this weekend. Um, but then there's a bunch of local kids too, and you highlighted a bunch of these kids up at Dual State. You obviously have Tuttle. You have Mustang, uh, Choctaw, and then even uh, Emma North, Stillwater, just team-wise, have always been dominant in wrestling. Then you get to go to your individuals, too. You have, like, Luke Serber, Tate Piccolo, Both Cruz at 182, Aguilar. correct? Uh, yes, but obviously different classes. But yes. That just shows how yeah. dominant. Wrestling in the state right now is in a really good place. Um, and I'm missing a bunch of names. I'm going to get ridiculed for that. But uh, Gabe Johnson's another Gabe Johnson, one. yeah. you got you got to say Gabe's name. Signed with UCO for wrestling from Choctaw. I think he, he only has two losses. So he's man, he's very dominant. He's a defending state champ. So yes. coming back trying to get a crown. Um, I think uh, if I remember correctly, Tate, P- Tate Piccolo at Mustang and Cruz Aguilar are both undefeated still, right? Yes, Piccolo is forty-four and zero, <laughs> just crazy, absolutely <laughs> dominating people. And uh, yeah, and Aguilar is going to be going for his second straight state title, and uh, he's going to try to become the first Edmund Memorial wrestler since Johnny Hendricks in 2002 to go undefeated and win a state title so that's what he's going yeah, for. Yeah he already he already broke a Johnny Hendricks record last year because he was the first one since Johnny to win a state title and now he has a chance yep. to win a couple more. You wrote that in your story I think you went two weeks ago. Yes. Kind of leading in a dual state about him. Yes. And it's just kind of crazy I always forget that Johnny Hendricks went to Edmund Memorial Yeah. It's just kind of weird. Edmund Memorial got Bill Self, Johnny <laughs> Hendricks like good grief I know. Just putting out star athletes in all these sports. Um but, no, it's going to be a really cool event. Um, obviously, you can uh, follow both of them on Twitter, uh, Nick underscore Sardis, and then James D. Jackson 15. Mm-hmm. James, you're going to be there, correct? I'm going to be there. What are you looking forward to most? I'm just looking forward to finally getting to see some wrestling. It's been a year now that I've seen since I've never seen a wrestling match and got to cover one, so I'll be happy to be there. I was about to say, did you ever get to watch Cruz when you were working at Edmond? I remember watching him at all. Did you I don't believe so. He's he's at he's at 106, but he's those 106 match guys. So mm-hmm. here's the thing with wrestling: you get the big hefties. They don't do too much. They just kind of tumble around. <laughs> Even at 220, they sometimes yeah. will get after each other, but it's still a little bit slow. Yeah. So I'm not taking anything away from Connor Doucette because he's obviously a freak. He's going to OSU. Actually, that was one of the things that his coach talked about. He actually growing up, Connor was sort of smaller, so he really he's kind of like. A small wrestler in a large man's body. Yeah. Because he kind of developed later. So while he was smaller, he was really developing his skills, working on his speed, technique, all those different things that the big guys usually don't work on. But now he's 220 pounds, so you kind of combine the size with the skill, and it's just he's unbeatable. Yeah, he's taking all of that, and I can see why that would be really unbeatable. It's also... But then you get down to those smaller guys who it's all about speed, quickness, and they're throwing each other around super quick. Boom, you can have a match over like that if someone makes a mistake. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's a really cool event. Um, obviously, with all the mats on the floor, it's a little bit hectic when you got ten matches going on at one time. you got to kind of pick one. Um, yeah. And then come state tournament time, get ready for the fans. It's awesome. There's some crazy wrestling fans. Get ready mm-hmm. to hear a bunch of two. That's what they <laughs> like to do for takedowns. Um, it's, uh, no, the atmosphere inside a state fair arena come – come wrestling time is awesome it's it's definitely one of the best ones um i'll be looking forward to it really 
at dual state, it's it's pretty pretty special as well because, like you said, you're kind of focusing on one, but then you hear like a random, just large explosion <laughs> from halfway across explosion the arena. You're like, what in the world? You're yeah. like, what just happened? So yeah, it's pretty. It's it's a unique atmosphere. It's always fun too because where the media is set up for wrestling, we are uh, we're not on the floor. We're up kind of on the side. They have a little like press row table that's set up. So you're kind of in the crowd. You're obviously on your own, like half spot for your laptops and everything. But you have fans all around you, like on your sides and behind you. In front of you, it's just the arena floor. Mm-hmm. So occasionally you'll just be sitting there, and all of a sudden you'll hear just parents just stand up and explode behind you. Like if you're sitting down typing, you'll look up, see somebody <laughs> get pinned, and then they go crazy. And you're like, oh, that's cool. kind of catches you <laughs> off guard a couple times. But it's it's that's definitely a, it's a fun event to cover. Um, real quick, I want to hit on some basketball before we kind of close it out. Um all playoffs are underway this weekend. I think there's something like 600 games starting like today going through Saturday, so kind of crazy. Um, I know James and I are going to be covering basketball the next two nights. We'll be at girls' sites tonight for 6A, 5A, and boys tomorrow. Um, and then Saturday I'll be doing kind of a boys' roundup and stuff. You can catch all that on Oklahoman.com and then in the Oklahoman. Um, I think uh, we're not going to make state tournament predictions yet because we're all going to do that next week for uh, Class A and B. Um, on Sunday, though, Sunday we will know that all the eight boys and girls teams for classes A and B for the state tournament. So we'll all be at State Fair Arena on that Sunday to talk with all the coaches and have some preview content coming out for that. And then uh, obviously a week from today, right, right now, we'll all be at sites covering basketball games. So it's kind of crazy to think it's that close around the corner. But we'll have our state tournament predictions coming in then. Um, let me ask you. Let me ask you guys this. I know we've kind of covered basketball season. I know we haven't all seen the same teams, but is there one team, boys or girls, who you are most confident to win a state title this year, and why? Norman. Norman High girls. Norman yeah. girls. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, they got like five D ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of good. <laughs> They're loaded. So yeah, I'd go with Norman High girls. Yeah, that'd be one to really bet on. I if you had to. See, I, I was thinking for girls, I was thinking Norman High. Cla- but I was also like class and SAS. I'm really high on them, but Muldrow's also in there and Anna Darko, and those are both really talented teams in 4A. Yeah. Anna Darko's defending. Uh, on the guy side, though, I really want to say Kingfisher, but I'm never going to count out Trey Alexander in a game, ever. No, even forget what happened last year. Never going to count him out in the game. But then Del City. I think that I would love if they could play Carl Albert again because both those games have been one-basket games. I've been at both of them. I would love to watch those two play every single day if I could because if they're going to keep being <laughs> games that are that good, that's awesome. Um, but I just think I really, truly believe that uh, that Dell City is one of the best teams in the state. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see what they could do against some out-of-state competition. Uh, I think they're – I don't want to – I'm not going to jinx anything. I just think they're a really strong candidate to bring home a gold ball this year. Yeah, they're they're out. loaded from top to bottom. I saw them play against Shawnee, and they just completely dominated. So, yeah, it, and six A boys. I'm not going to go against Bryce Thompson. He's been in the state finals three times in his three tries, and probably going to get back there again. Well, I used to a state tournament, but I think it's a little more open because you have Lawton this year who has like five guys who are six seven and above, which is ridiculous for high school. <laughs> um, you have Southmore. You have Edmond Memorial. You have Midwest City. I mean, there's so many good teams. You can't forget about Jinx and then Tulsa Union and Sand Springs up at the east. Um, this is going to be really interesting, and it's just crazy to think that basketball state tournament's here next week. But Okay, let's go. What are you guys' – who's your guys' sleeper teams? Just give right me one, now, one team. Boys or girls? Yeah. I don't know if Class and SAS is considered a sleeper, but I'd love to pick them. No, nah, that doesn't count. <laughs> i gotta pull up the I got to pull up the rankings here. Um, 
Are we going to go big school or little school too? Whatever you want to put in there. I know I have one in mind. What is it? Go ahead. Tuttle. Girls? Uh, yeah. Girls. Twin Towers, man. The Twin Towers. <laughs> I, I got that trademarked. I started that. I just think that may work. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, I need to make T-shirts for that. <laughs> and this is another one. It's a local team that we've we've covered this year. I can't call them a sleeper because they're the second-ranked team in Class 2A right now, Cashin. Yeah. I think they're really good. Their two losses have come to the – to the same team crossings who is a class above them mm-hmm. and they both been last second they one of them went to one game went to overtime crossings beat them on the other one on a buzzer beater hmm. so they're that close to being undefeated yeah and crossings is a team that could very well win 3a because millwood is the top ranked team in 3a and is likely going to get back to state tournament but there's so many good teams at the top in 3a you have star spencer crossings christian community christian and norman oklahoma christian school like Come on. <laughs> There's just so many good schools right now in 3A. Um, sleeper team, man. Oh, I got, uh, see, I can't call them a sleeper team, too. Choctaw Girls. They're 21-1, oh, yeah. and one, but yeah, they're, you they're know, I don't think you understand they're the concept. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> You're throwing out one seeds. <laughs> throwing out. That's, that's um, <laughs> okay, so Tuttle is nine, so I'll try to find someone who's that I low. I think yeah, so Tuttle qualifies. Yeah. yeah, they definitely do. That, um, that would be my girls for 4A. Um, man, my boys in 4A. Uh, maybe Bethany. They, I mean, the times I've seen them, they've been really good, but I don't know if I'm going to put Bethany out there. Here you go. Girls. My girls sleeper. Putnam West. Okay. Uh, that's a nationally, good one. Okay. Nationally okay. ranked yeah. team last year. Gets upset by Mustang in the first round of the state tournament when they should have ran away with victories in all those games, according to the national polls. Mm-hmm. Down, I don't want to say down this year. They're fifteen and six, ranked thirteenth right now. Putnam West, Veronica Hartsfield. There you go. I would sleeper. Okay, I would say Putnam West and Edmund North. I mean, Edmund North uh, boys. No, for the girls. Okay. The, Putnam, the Edmund North girls. Okay. They're ranked. They, they have a they have a tough matchup. If they win tonight, they'll play Norman North number nine on Saturday, and that's for. Excuse me. Obviously, the winners bracket in in area, so that's a obviously a big time matchup. Um, Absolutely. But uh, but no. My sleeper for boys is probably Evan Santa Fe. Why is that? Just what I saw last week. They're big, man. But no, when they played Memorial, they actually they knocked them off, which is I was surprised. Yeah. Well, Memorial's been played really well this year. They've lost four games. I mean, they're they're really good. I haven't seen Santa Fe play that well in a long time, and if they if they're doing that. I could see it working. That's all I'm going to say. Let's see. 6A. You know, Norman North's been playing pretty good. They're number 10 right now. <laughs> 17 and 6. This guy's a homer. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know who They're Norman, playing pretty good, James. You don't know who Norman North plays tomorrow? And my sleeper pick for Class 6A? Northwest Classen. That should be a good one, man. Davion Warden. He is one of the best guards in the state. Um... I say guard, shoot, he's more of a forward when it comes to college. About 6'6", electric scorer, great defender. When he plays up-tempo and with energy, Northwest Classen's hard to beat. Now, they made the jump from 5A to 6A this year. It's been a little tough. They were Mm -hmm. semifinalists in in 5A last year. I think they would probably be a semifinalist in 5A this year, but 6A is just they're pretty loaded this year, pretty even field, loaded, tough. They got a tough one tomorrow. Norman North is by no means a – like that is a big – that is a close – that should be a good game. Mm Mm-hmm. But then the winner of that gets Midwest City. So, might likely gets Midwest City. I know upsets could happen, but mm-hmm. 
middle of series number five, I'm going to give that to him. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, Northwest Classen. That's my team. <laughs> right. And that, is, that, is my, that is my sleeper team. That's for your 6A boys. 6A yeah. boys. I'm not uh, going to pick a 5A sleeper because no. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll save the rest of it for yeah, we'll talk. We we'll talk it. next week. We're probably gonna have an earlier podcast next week, earlier in the week, just because later in the week we'll be covering basketball. Um, but no, do you guys have anything else to add before we call it good? I do not. I think we get it all out. The best player you will see if if this team makes it to the state tournament next weekend: Jameson Richardson, Duke boys, Class B. Mark it down. Okay. They chance to, they have a chance to clutch tomorrow if they make it. Well, and of course, last year when I watched him, he had like six points in the in the quarterfinal game but um it's marking down jameson richardson <laughs> all right uh that was another edition of the oklahoma's varsity podcast um make sure you guys follow all of our content on oklahoman.com and every day in the oklahoman um for james and for nick i'm cameron uh we thank you guys for tuning in we'll have another episode early next week and uh like i said make sure you stay tuned with all of our stuff on twitter uh, online at the oklahoman.com and every day in the- <laughs>